This is episode 266, Get Unstuck and Stop Being So Hard on Yourself with Rory. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. As a reminder, every numbered episode that comes out on Wednesday It's an unscripted, unproduced, unedited coaching session between me and someone I don't know. And every Saturday is a coach's corner where you either hear from me or I bring on another expert or interesting guest to talk about and educate and inspire you. So today I have Rory on the show and she is calling in with a common problem that I know a lot of you can relate to, which is feeling stuck. And she's trying everything she can to get unstuck, but she's just still feeling stuck. I think that you'll really enjoy this conversation whether you feel stuck or not, because as always, we connect some pretty important dots that I think that you'll also connect in your own life. So as you're listening to my session with Rory, consider, do you feel stuck in your life? Are you trying and trying and trying, but things just aren't happening? Do you consistently start things, but don't finish them? You're constantly starting a new project, but just don't see it through. Did you grow up in a household where a parent, or maybe both parents, were really hard on you? You felt like nothing you ever did was right. And finally, are you really excellent at giving others compassion, acceptance, understanding, but pretty crappy at giving it to yourself? Keep those questions in mind as you listen to my coaching session with Rory. And before we dive in, I want to tell you about my sponsor this week, and I'm so happy that ShipStation is sponsoring the podcast because I know a lot of you had to really change your business, and many of you are working from home, and if you have a product, you're having to ship things out. Maybe you've never done that before, and the holidays are also coming up, so you're probably going to be shipping more than ever. So if you're an online seller and you're struggling to keep up or just overwhelmed with how much you have to ship or just you're somebody that ships a lot of stuff, get your ship together with ShipStation. When you're selling online, getting a massive amount of orders out quickly can be tough. Or just if you're doing a lot of other stuff and having to get orders out can be tough. Which shipping carrier should you use? Are you getting the best rates? Will it be delivered in time? That's why I really love ShipStation. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. In just a few clicks, you're managing orders, printing out discounted shipping labels, and getting your products out fast. The result? Just easier for you and your customers. And I have a friend who has an online business and she really loves ShipStation. So that's another reason why I happily endorse them because I know that it works. So no matter where you're selling, Shopify, Amazon, eBay, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage even from your phone. And they work with all major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even international. They offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now, any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for Fortune 500 companies. You'll always know you're getting the best deal. 
So here's your call to action. Right now, over at Non With It listeners can try ShipStation for free, for free, for 60 days when you use offer code over it. So make sure your business can meet the demands of the holiday shopping season and just take stress off yourself by getting more organized with your shipping. Go to ShipStation.com today, S-H-I-P-S-T-A-T-I-O-N.com and click on the microphone on the top of the homepage, type in code over it. Again, ShipStation.com for 60 days of free use with the discount code over it. And now on to my coaching session with Rory. Rory, welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, Christine. Thank you so much. That's first. Mm. Um, I really appreciate this. I've been actually thinking, how do I even word what I want to what I want to fix, what I want to talk about. And it just seems like, you know how when people call you, they say, oh, this part of my life is, you know, kind of tricky or this part. But for me, I feel like at this moment or for a long time, all parts of my life are stuck. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's making it worse is that I still get nightmares about my family and I would wake up and it just sets me back so much because it, it affects my whole day. And no matter what I did, and I really am trying, I'm like really trying a lot. And I feel I did do a lot, but I still feel like either I'm not seeing something, I'm not doing something that's going to really help me or, or I'm doing it wrong. Mm. So yeah, I can imagine that's pretty frustrating. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, let's, let's just take the belief I'm doing it wrong and throw that one away. Because that will only create and perpetuate more judgment and also reinforce a belief that you probably accumulated in childhood from what you went through, that there's something wrong with you. So let's just put that aside. What's probably more accurate is that because of what you've been through, there are imprints and patterns that are running the show more than your conscious mind, which is very normal. So can you just take that in and understand that you're fighting a lot of unconscious programming and pattern that's been there for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So did you grow up in a very compassionate and loving home? No. Yeah. I mean, I knew that before I asked. (laughs) So that is going to be really, really important as you move through the stuckness because part of what changes the imprint, because the way I like to think of it is, is imprints are sort of like other people's belief systems that are imprinted upon us or the way someone sees us or what they tell us about us. Like if someone says, you're not smart, you'll never make it. That's an imprint. Or if they see their family always responding in fear, that's an imprint. Patterns are ways of being that we develop to compensate for when we feel less than. So I had a pattern of overachieving because I didn't feel like I belong. I have a pattern of worry because I don't like being out of control because some out of control things happened to me. And that was one of the ways I compensated. I have a pattern of an inner critic because I thought if I'm harder on myself than anyone else's, then I can soften the blow a little bit. So do you see the difference between imprints and patterns? Yes. Okay. So let's just, and I know you've thought about this a lot, but it'll help me help you. So just in, you know, bullet points, 
what do you think some of your imprints were? Things that were just sort of imprinted upon you, like a stencil. That I'm different, but not in a in a good way. Okay. Um, that I'm too sensitive. That I uh, that I can't do something. I'm not allowed to do things. Like I will just if I do it, I'm gonna fail or I'm gonna be mm. I'm gonna hurt myself or something bad is gonna happen. Um, and I think the biggest one is just I feel. I, I get to this point where I just feel, what is the point? And that's, that one hits me the hardest because if I don't feel like, what is the point? Then of course I'm not going to even right. bother. Right. Right. And when um, do you usually hit that point? Yeah. Like what I see, what, what keeps happening in my life is I never complete anything. And the, the thing is everybody around me sees this totally different person in me. And everybody's saying, you can do this. You can do so many things. They're trying to push me in all these directions. And I never complete anything. I didn't complete college. I didn't complete, I I was enrolled in two colleges doing great and I didn't complete (laughs) and I'm still trying to complete. And this is where I hit, like right now I'm supposed to finish some exams and this is where I hit a point and I go, what is the point? Why Mm -hmm. am I doing this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And where do you think that voice comes from? Because that becomes a pattern. Right. So all that was all the imprints of you're too different. You will fail. You can't do something. So the pattern is you just quit. Yeah. Yeah. Pattern is you just quit. And what do you think that quitting is protecting you from? Uh, I thought about it. And the only thing I could think of is it protects me from, I'm not going to be good at this. So if I don't do it, then, you know, I won't have to show that to people that I can't be like, I'm trying to be, I want to be the best nutritionist. I'm already helping people, but I just feel if I fail at it, then, you know, I'm not going to be able to help people and people are going to say, Oh, she doesn't know this. She can't help us. And I don't want to, I don't want to disappoint anyone. I don't want to have that feeling that I don't know something or I'm not good enough at something. Right. So quitting prevents failure and disappointment and, and rejection and ridicule. Okay. So, so tell me, let's see if we can just connect some dots and then we'll see if we can come up with some ways to help you shift out of this. So, and one thing I like to remind everybody of when they feel stuck is you're, you're not stuck if you're continuing to ask, if you're continuing to investigate. So you wouldn't be on this call with me if you were stuck, you're in a loop is more accurate. You're in a, 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 imprint pattern loop that has been with you since childhood as a survival strategy. So we just need to like find an X, start to find exit routes out of the loop. That's all. So you're not stuck. Okay. 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 So just tell me a little bit about your childhood and, and what were some of the most challenging parts? So I actually only have a connection with my mom. Um, with my dad, I sadly can't even say, I can't say I love him. I, I don't, it sounds horrible, but no, I, doesn't. I'm completely honest. I don't, um, like there would be periods where he wouldn't talk to me for six months. We lived in the same house, but he was always very, very harsh, uh, yelling at me, making me feel like I'm an idiot. Um, commenting on everything I do when the first time, when I said, I want to talk to someone about what I'm going through. He said, this is all your own fault. If you have mental issues, this is all your fault. And I don't have a connection with him. I dream about him and my sister every, let's say two months. 
and in the dreams I'm fighting with them and I'm crying and I'm trying to explain that they have to let me be me. So I don't have a relationship with my sister either. We're going to talk like once in three months, four or five. We live in different countries, but that's the biggest thing. There is no connection in my family. Uh, there was a lot of yelling. There was a lot of uh, just me feeling like I'm going to explode. Like he would yell at me. And the last time he yelled at me, I actually like punched him in the chest and said, this is the last time you're going to yell at me. And since then, we didn't we didn't talk for six months. And then since then, I basically just drifted away and we never, of course, talked about it. But I just I can't be in the same room really for more than 10 minutes. Mm. <laughs> and with my mom, I have a connection, but I a part of me resents her because she didn't I feel like she didn't protect me mm-hmm. and she she didn't let me do things that I wanted. So now later in life, I'm trying to do things that I wanted to do as a kid which is why it's making me feel like I'm out of time or I am, you know, it's just making me, this is making me also feel stuck because I'm thinking if I started this when I was a kid and when I wanted to, then I would have already been, you know, far. Mm-hmm. But now I feel I'm, I'm, I'm resenting and I, I'm, I'm also, you know, not really, let's say liking her either. And, mm-hmm. but then a part of me is thinking, oh, I should be stronger and I should just suck it up and, you know, if I was strong, I would have done things regardless of them. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. This gives me enough. Thank you. Um, first, I'm sorry that you had parents who had so many of their own issues that they couldn't be loving parents to you. And the part of, I want to say to that part of you who thinks you should be stronger, that's your father's voice. That's not you. That is not you saying that because that's just the part that, again, imprinted that voice of it's your fault. You're behind. You should have done this differently. You, 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 you. And that's why I said in the beginning, compassion is so important because you had no compassion. You only had blame and you only had your father who was supposed to be there to keep you safe and protected. And part of what the father does is create structure and it's that often that masculine energy that we learn how to get things done, you know, completion. Mm-hmm. We can learn it from our mother or father, but often the father plays the role of having that structure and teaching you how to ride a bike and do things that, you know, lead to completion. And you yeah. didn't have any of that energy. You just had, it's all your fault. Even if you didn't do anything, he was just projecting his own anger onto you. So I think one of the things that's keeping you in this loop is the depth of your compassion for yourself is pretty shallow. It's almost like you're afraid to have compassion for yourself because then you think you're just going to be more stuck and you're not going to move forward. And a lot of times before we can get that, that masculine drive to, to complete things, first we need the feminine energy of nurturing. Just think of it. No child is going to go on and want to do stuff and learn stuff unless they feel nurtured. The words can the world's going to feel totally scary to them if they don't yeah. have that nurturing motherly energy of it's okay, I'm here, you got it because they don't have any confidence in themselves. Yeah. So you're trying to step into this more get things done structure role without first really giving yourself that motherly nurturing energy of compassion and really grace, Rory, because you know, 
for everything that you went through, I mean, I'm surprised we're on this call. <laughs> the I funny think, thing is, mm-hmm. sorry. No, that's no okay. I just wanted to say the funny thing is I worked with kids and mm-hmm. all the people in my life and that I really connected with and kids, they all tell me you are so loving. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I'm loving to kids because I like through them, I'm giving them what I didn't get. So I'm basically right. giving them a hundred percent, but I'm not giving it to myself. Right. Right. And that's, I mean, you listen to the show, you can predict that I was going to say to you that it's so much of giving yourself what you didn't get. That's a big, big, big piece of it is giving that nurturing to yourself because again, that's going to make you feel like you can go and do things because your self-esteem has gotten annihilated. You didn't feel worthy in the eyes of your own father. That's a really tough one, my love. And then, and then mom didn't even protect you. So that made you even feel more unworthy. That's definitely the thing, because even when my boyfriend or someone says, wow, you don't see yourself. What are you talking about? You you are hiding behind everything. Why are you doing this? I just kind of avoid talking about it. But it's true because I that's the thing. Every time I sit with myself, that's the first word that comes up. I'm not worthy of this or I I'm just basically one percent of what I could be. And it's. It, And it's not the first time that someone told me that, but it just breaks me even more when someone says that, because I'm thinking, am I that blind? Like, what is, what is going on? You're not blind, but again, that's you blaming yourself instead of going into compassion. That's you doing, it's it's you fathering yourself the way you were fathered. Something's wrong. It's my fault. I messed up versus, huh? Let me really feel into this and look at this and have compassion and be curious. Sort of like how I'm being with you and really just getting to not trying to solve the problem of why you don't finish things, but really just working to understand you and have compassion and get into your model of the world. So then I can best help you move forward. And you're not doing that with yourself. You're just being mean to yourself and blaming yourself and continuing to play out that internal, that relationship you had with your father. And we just taught in our um, level two inner child workshop, how there's several, there's about 11 or 12 kind of negative patterns that come from inner child wounding. And one of them is acting out. And we act out, and that doesn't mean acting out like I'm going to rebel against people. It means acting out like a play. And we either act out our wounding by, let's say, you know, you had a father who always cheated on your mother. You go out and date people who always cheat on you. It's like you're playing out your childhood and your adulthood. Or we act Mm -hmm. out the way we were treated onto ourselves. So you're acting out the way your father treated you inside of you. That is why you feel like stuck or in my language, that's why you're in a loop. You're, mm-hmm. you're continuing to be in your traumatic, abusive childhood inside of yourself. That's the only reason why you're in this loop, yeah. but it's a big reason. So what will help you move out of this? What I'm kind of feeling to tell you, cause I, you've tried a lot. Yes. 
You've read a lot of books, tried a lot of things. <laughs> yes, I even did. Like I, when I moved out of the country, I wrote a big, I wrote at least 10 pages letter to my dad that I never gave him, but I just wrote everything I felt. And I never read it after that because every time I would even try reading it, it just puts me back in that mindset even more. Um, but I, I, I did try a lot. I, I still do like every day, but this is why I said, okay, I, I want to talk to Christine because I just felt I hit a wall mm-hmm. or I'm in a loop. I just can't get out of this. So tell me what you're trying now. Um, so I tried journaling, but I did journaling when I was a kid and that didn't work because now it just reminds me of that period. So it's a negative thing that I attach to journaling. Um, but I, I'm really conscious of daily things that I do. Like, what do I say to myself in my head and out loud? Mm -hmm. Um, I write every time, like now I tried for 30 days, I looked at my patterns and what I do and I was writing affirmations to myself and how I'm planning to change things. Or every time I would see myself being very harsh to myself, I would try to be more loving. Um, and I'm, of course, I read a lot of books and I listened to you and some other people. I, I feel that I do a lot, but again, whenever I have a dream or whenever I see that I'm still not getting to my dreams, I feel that like you said, I, I shouldn't say I'm not doing enough, but I just feel, okay, there's something that I'm still not doing. And especially because out of like, there's so many things happening in my life right now, which makes me feel even more stuck. I don't know where to start. I don't know where to turn. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I just want to start doing what I love, but I don't know which way, way to go. And mm-hmm. I want to be brave. And I'm trying, I'm pushing myself to do things that are uncomfortable for me to whoa, whoa, just stop. break through. That, that right there is the problem. <laughs> you, okay. you're, you're basically trying to put all this masculine energy on top of the ma- dysfunctional masculine energy that's existing inside of you. It's sort of like going to a fast food restaurant and ordering a diet Coke with your ma- b- burger. Like you're going to balance <laughs> out the bad food with a diet Coke, which is just as bad. <laughs> Yeah. So, so you're putting, you're putting, you're trying to put masculine energy on top of dysfunctional masculine energy. Do you see what I mean by that? Like you're, yeah. you're trying yeah. to heal your wounds with the masculine by just being masculine. Yeah. You just, cause you said, I want to be brave and I want to push myself. No, <laughs> no, that right there, Rory is the issue. That's the block. You as a little girl, more than anything, wanted compassion, wanted validation, wanted freedom, wanted the ability to just be you. Because this this desire to step into your dreams, really what that is, is a desire to be you, a desire to be fully self-expressed. You couldn't as a child. Anytime you were expressing yourself in an authentic way, you got shamed or in trouble for it. Yeah. So this pushing and doing needs to stop. And what needs to be turned on is way more compassion and love and acceptance. We need to start to generate that because that also can be masculine energy, right? Because you know, even though feminine energy is 
more or energy from the mother is more nurturing and compassionate and unconditional loving, all that, that there's that healthy fatherly energy too, that keeps you safe and tells you you're doing an amazing job and is just really present and holds the space for you to be as big as you need to be. And your, your longing for that. And so part of what's keeping you in the loop is your insatiable trying to get out of the loop by doing, you know, you keep trying to get out of the stuckness, get out of the cement with the energy that sort of put you in there. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's going to sound funny or counterintuitive, but really I want you to stop doing so much. And I want you to really start to rev up the compassion. I would encourage you every morning to do a meditation, like a guided meditation that guides you into compassion, full self-acceptance, because you're being so hard on yourself and you're wanting your life to look so differently that there's no acceptance. And that's your biggest core wound, not feeling accepted not feeling loved and you just keep pouring salt in it by not accepting where you are. And the fear that will come up is, well, if I'm not doing, then how am I going to move forward? But all the doing is doing is keeping you in a loop. So remember how I said we wanted to find the exit route. The exit route from my point of view is coming into so much compassion, doing what you did for those little kids. You know, there's no accident that you had that job. You needed to (laughs) access that part of you and see your patience and your love and your compassion so that you could turn it on yourself. So what's coming up for you as I'm talking? (laughs) It makes sense what you're saying. Another thing that's coming up is, yeah, what you said, if I'm not doing, then how am I going to get to my dreams? Because the thing is, um, I have a lot of passions. It's not just one. And What people always tell me, which is funny, is that I help them heal. You helped me get through this in my life. You helped me get through my relationship. You helped me get through this and that. And I helped so many people, but not myself, or I did, but not entirely. And I feel that if if I don't complete all my my schooling and everything, then how am I gonna how am I gonna, you know, progress? How am I gonna be who I really want to be. Like there's the dancing school and there is um, sports and there's nutrition and childcare and all these things I love to do, but I need to finish some things. And I'm just thinking, how do I do that while trying to heal? Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of times we have a lot of passions and this, this is a tricky thing to talk about. So I'll try to do it in a way that lands for you and people listening. Having a lot of passions can another be a form, be another form of escapism. Mm. Wanting to do and do and do and do and do can be another form of escapism because you need so much stimulation to get a little bit of access to the parts of you that you're dying to express and dying to feel. The reason why I don't feel like I have to do a million things all the time, which wasn't always that way, 
is because I know how to generate whatever feeling I'm looking for inside of me without an external stimulus. Mm. So part of why you want all these things is because of the feeling you get from them. And if you can start generating that feeling inside of you, then you won't feel so scattered and you won't feel so pulled in all these different directions and this pressure to do all these things because really it's more about you getting something from them. Yeah. And then what can happen is you can not be so overwhelmed, not be pulled in all directions and really focus on, all right, like what is it that I am most passionate about or most pulled to now? It is, is it my nutrition school? Great. Then that's going to be my focus and anything else I'm going to learn how to, I'm going to think of the feeling that I think it will give me. And I'm going to learn how to generate that inside me. I'm going to stop trying to escape and feel who I want to feel through these external things. That does make sense. Yeah. And it's, it's a beautiful way that you have coped with your trauma. I mean, a lot of people would have gone to eating too much food or drinking too much alcohol or having too much sex or any of the too muches. You chose having too many passions that you can't possibly do all <laughs> at once, right? And that's beautiful. But just know that as you start to give yourself what you're seeking in all these external things, then you will, one, feel a hell of a lot less stuck and two, intuitively know what you want to focus your time and energy on now and what will come later. But because there's so much pressure to find the thing that's going to make you finally feel good about yourself, because look at it this way, all these people are telling you healed them. Has it healed you? Um, <laughs> in some ways it did, it did make me feel good because it showed me that some parts of myself that maybe I didn't see or I pushed or I forgot, it kind of came to light through other people. Great. So, you know, in a way it helped me. Like when my boyfriend would say, you helped me so much with this, I would feel, oh, okay. I'm not this horrible person or, cause sometimes I can be very, I can seem selfish, but I realized that that's also my defense mechanism because I would get like really harsh and just shut down completely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so it did help me to see that anytime when people say I help them in any way, it just kind of tells me, okay, I, there's that little girl that, that I know everybody always said, oh, you always make us feel good. So mm -hmm. it does help. But did it heal the pattern? No, <laughs> exactly. So it helps yeah. the ego and it helps us. Uh, it's a, it's a positive trigger. Mm. However, you doing things outside of you, isn't going to get you out of this loop. And after a while, people telling you, you healed them will start to not feel so good because you'll feel even more shame that you haven't healed yourself. Yeah. So my recommendation for you is to stop with all the doing, 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 doing. Really, really pay attention towards feeling and generating compassion, compassion, acceptance. What I would encourage you to do is write out 
what you wish your mother would have said to you during all of this. And then some, like what the ideal mother would say to you, you know, that you're, you're perfect just the way you are. I love you so much. You don't have to push, you know, what, whatever that, that perfect mother would say. And then I would record it in your phone and listen to it day, like multiple times during the day. And I'm really not going to give you too much because if I did, I'd be contradicting my encouragement to you. <laughs> but this, the, the exit route from my point of view, Rory, is really stepping into compassion and acceptance and really feeling it just like you did for those kids. It's simple, yeah. profound, yet often not so easy. But that's the energy that's missing. And without that energy, you're going to stay in this loop. Do you think you can do that? Yeah, I can try. <laughs> yeah, um, well, you can intend to. And yeah, I know you can yeah. because you've done it for other people. I want to. The thing is, I want to. When I think about it, I think I don't want to feel like this forever. I don't want to feel like this for another two months. Even. Um, I feel like I got to the point where I feel I feel it so much because it's it's time to transform. I feel like this is the time things have got to change. I, I, there's no other way. I don't see any other way. And that sounds really not like the energy I want you to be in. <laughs> okay. You're right. You're right. The energy I want you to be in is if things stay exactly the way they are, I still love and accept myself and I'll always love and accept myself. Would a mother say, if you don't change, if you don't dick this right, I'm not going to love you anymore. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. So even that, that, that's the energy. And I encourage you go back and listen to this again when it airs and see, hear yourself and really not with criticism, but with, but with just observation. Wow. This, this pattern of being hard on myself and driving myself and pushing myself is so ingrained. I think it's me, but it's not, it's not you. It's the voice you learned from your father. So we got to take the ultimatums and it has to change and the threats out. They've got to go. The things you're saying are things that I, now I even more feel like I'm shaking. I feel like, oh my God, these are words that seem so strange to me and they shouldn't. Mm -hmm. <sighs> so let's try just, just briefly speaking to yourself with compassion. Just take a breath and just connect into your heart and think about those little kids you used to work with and try to turn that on yourself. Um, yeah. And speak with compassion. Okay. Um, like I am or you are? <laughs> I am. I am. Um, I am unique. I am kind. I am worthy. I am lovable. I am so smart. Mm -hmm. I am capable. I am beautiful. Mm -hmm. 
Great. So those are beautiful affirmations. And now I want you to tap into that mothering aspect and speak as you are and speak to yourself with compassion. As a mother, I am, I am good enough as I am and I don't need to do things in order to earn love or be successful or good or have a good life. Mm-hmm. And I accept myself the way I am. There's not something that I need to do mm-hmm. to be to be good. Yes. Now you're getting it. How does that feel? <laughs> Strange. Yeah. <laughs> Strange. Yeah. But that's it, Rory. That's the direction to go here. <sighs> okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Did this help? It did. I mean, oh. it did. I know it sounds... I, I do have a hard time saying things to myself, but it really did. Your not just today, everything that you said, and I kept listening and listening, it really helped more than any book so far. And Mm. I really, really, really thank you for that. Well, it's my pleasure. And I think it resonates because as someone who was really good at being hard on herself, finding that voice of compassion has been the thing that's gotten me out of the loop. So I know it can be for you too. Okay. I will do my best. I will promise you that. (laughs) Thank you so much, Rory, for your honesty and for allowing me to call you out on some of your really self-critical behavior that in a lot of ways you inherited. So let's break down this call a little bit. It was a bit of a longer call, so I won't go on too much, but there's some things I wanted to highlight. It was really clear as soon as Rory told me her story about her childhood, you know, why she's having such a hard time and why she's got this nasty inner critic in her voice and this part of her that's always pushing her to do, 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 do more. Whatever parents love, we crave the most is usually who we tend to go out and try to find in relationship or we model inside ourselves. So whoever we felt the most distant from, whoever we really wanted to see us, and sometimes it can be both parents, that's what we are always going after as an adult. So my sense is that as a little girl, Rory really wanted her dad to see her, to love her, to be proud of her. That's definitely something we want from both parents, but especially from the father. Knowing your dad is proud of you is massive. We want to know mom loves us unconditionally Dad's really proud of us. And of course we want both of those things, but if we separate masculine feminine energies and make a massive generalization, so I'm aware I'm making a massive generalization here, that a lot of the feminine energy comes from the mother and a lot of masculine energy comes from the father, that feeling of wanting that validation that he's proud of us is a big thing. And she never got that. All she got was her dad yelling at her, her dad blaming her, even for her own mental issues, that it was her fault. He couldn't look in the mirror at all. What a wounded, wounded man. And mom was even just as wounded, not protecting her daughter, not really helping her with her self-esteem. So Rory was really left with no parenting. And so as she's grown up, not only does she have that trauma to deal with of her dad being verbally abusive, but then she doesn't really have 
that inner voice of compassion and unconditional love. So she's internalized her father's voice inside of her. And she's not stuck. None of you are stuck. You're just caught in a loop. You're just caught in a loop based on your imprints and your patterns and your wounding, and you've got to find an exit route. And often the exit route is, what didn't I get as a child that I need to give myself? And for Rory, it was compassion, nurturing. You heard me coach her, and every time we'd suggest something or get somewhere, okay, I'll be brave, I'll push myself, I'll do that. (laughs) It's like, no, no, just compassion, acceptance, find that loving voice inside of you, give to yourself what you were giving those little kids. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting to me. Often people are really good at giving others what they're really shit at giving themselves. <laughs> so you may be so nurturing and so compassionate towards others, but just really, really hard on yourself. You may be so patient with others, but completely impatient on yourself. You may be so generous with your money towards others, but spending anything on yourself, you overthink. So think about that for a moment. What are you giving that you're not receiving? Because anything that we're giving in overflow to others is what we really need to give ourselves. And that's what Rory needs. She needs that loving nurturing. And all of these things that she wants to do, they're not so much about being passionate about them. They're about looking for something that will make her feel enough. And that's always an inside job. I will always support any of you in pursuing your passions, but I'm going to call you out on your come from. So are you pursuing your passions from a place of fulfillment and it's an extension of what you want to offer? Or are you pursuing your passions to fill a void? And I know that that can be hard to look at, but it's important to look at. And it doesn't mean you need to start pursuing them. It just means you need to start looking inside a little more and giving yourself what you, one, are giving others, and two, expect to get from whatever whatever goal you want to accomplish. So for Rory, the conversation was really about shifting her out of the doing. That's why I didn't give her too many things to do. And more into finding that exit route from the loop, which is her own internal voice of compassion. So some takeaways for you. What loop are you in? What are the imprints and patterns that have you in a loop and how can you find that exit route? Work on that voice of that inner parent. What did you always want from your father you never got? What did you always want from your mother you didn't get? And start giving that to yourself. Same with anything outside yourself, passion, a career, a goal. What feeling do you think it will give you? What do you want from it? And start generating that yourself then you won't feel all this pressure to do, do, do. And finally, please listen to the voices in your head and the ones that are mean, the ones that push you, the ones that don't accept you. Say, who is this? This is not me. Who is this? And really start to separate from those voices because your true internal voice knows you're enough and reminds you of that, knows you're worthy and reminds you of that, knows you're lovable and reminds you of that, knows you're capable and reminds you of that, and knows that there's nothing you need to do to prove your worth. All right, everybody, that's the show for today. Thank you so much for listening. Much love and many blessings. 
Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. 